week three predictions. Let's start with a big outcome from week two. We had the Texas at Alabama game, and Robert was correct in his prediction. Yeah, well, in my assessment of Texas, which was that they were strong, fast, and going to be able to hang with Alabama, which, by the way, that was the hardest-hitting game I've seen this year. I don't know who saw it or did not, but both teams really wanted it. And don't count Alabama out for the SEC championship. And if they do that, they'll still be back in the playoff. But don't count them out. Yeah, Alabama is not out of it by any means. And they only dropped, I think, to ninth or 10th. But Texas, that's a huge win, huge statement for them. What I want to see is, you know, in the past, even like last year, they got a lot of credit for almost beating Alabama. And then they followed it up with a dud of a game. So I just want to see if Texas can maintain the ferocity that they are playing at when Wyoming comes to town this week. If they continue to look good and focused, then they've got a real shot at going on to win the Big 12 and go to the playoffs. By the way, Bijan Robinson, who I said Texas could do without and still win, did you see his play in the NFL for the Falcons? I did not. I know the Falcons that was won, but... a crazy juke move and run to the end zone. I'm talking about some speed, some skill. Okay, I saw some of the game, but I didn't see that particular play. The running back position has gotten a little bit maligned in the past few years as the game has gone to more of a quick passing game, but I like the idea of the running back. Hold on. I need to adjust the exposure on the camera, and then you can look up that play. All right. We're back from that adjustment, and Bill watched that play I was talking about. Yeah, he's got more moves than I thought. I always kind of envisioned him as more of a power runner, but he put a couple of jukes in there. See, I never thought Texas put up a good game plan for him and drew up plays that worked. Maybe I was right. <laughs> Maybe they would have if he had stayed one more year, but um, good for him. He looks like he at least stands a chance at having made the right move going on to the NFL. You said something interesting there. You know, sometimes coaches don't seem to draw off the right kind of plays for the personnel they have. I'm wondering that about Clemson, who has Cade Klubnick, who I think is probably the fastest player on the offense right now because there's not a super fast wide receiver. I don't know why Clemson doesn't roll him out on some routes out of the pocket. And then if it's there, throw it. And if not, he's got the speed to run it. You know, I'd like to see that happen. Well, a lot of people were a little bit, let's say, put out with Dabo or they don't trust him a whole lot because they've seen some things. And I'm one of those people. But I pose the question to the Clemson fan base, also to you, would you trade him for someone else? No. And generally the answer there, you're going to think about, well, who could we trade him for? No. You're probably at that point going to say no. Yeah, there's... (laughs) First of all, if Clemson were to get rid of Dabo at this point, no one would want the job because it's like, well, if four national championship game appearances, you know, in the last eight years isn't good enough, then (laughs) no one's going to want that. But what we're saying is valid, though, because it seems that the verdict is out on the coordinators since the other coordinators left, took jobs other places. You know, some of the bigger names, Chad Morris left, Brent Venables left. It's been a little bit of a search to kind of try to find the right fits. And it's a little weird. Clemson has had more yardage, even in the games they've lost recently. Duke, South Carolina, Tennessee... Clemson's had the yards, but there's a bad strategy when they get down in the red zone and it doesn't turn into points. I've seen those coaches make some awfully knuckleheaded decisions, and I don't know what to say about it. Way too overpaid to screw up that bad. <laughs> like if football was my absolute job and I was on a you know at a pretty high level, I'd be good at it. I would be actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, for Clemson this week, I would like to see they're playing Florida Atlantic, the Owls, and you know it is a night game, which you think would benefit an owl. Yeah, you'd hope. But I think what you want to see as a Clemson fan is 
four quarters without turnovers, just, you know, mistake-free football, so that you at least can feel somewhat hopeful about the Florida State game because Florida State has been wrecking people pretty hard. Speaking of them, they play at Boston College this week. Boston College is traditionally a physical team. That's a noon kickoff. I am kind of glad that they're going on the road to play them. However, Boston College doesn't have any speed, and ultimately Florida State will bust plays, and Boston College will not bust any big plays, and Florida State will win that game fairly handily, although along the trenches there will be some physical play on the line. Florida State's going to throttle Boston College. Clemson actually stands a chance. Yeah, ultimately, yes. They will beat Boston College pretty handily. That'll probably be like a four-touchdown win for Florida State by the time it's over with. A few other interesting trends I'd kind of like to talk about. One, I don't feel like Ohio State and Michigan have really dominated in their games, and they played some pretty weak teams, UNLV, Youngstown State. UNLV is as weak as you can get. Yeah, and Michigan played them. Now, I know Harbaugh hasn't been there, and maybe that makes a difference. But to me, the team that's looking the best in the Big Ten just through the first two weeks is Penn State. They seem to be a more complete team. Ohio State and Michigan are still kind of searching for offensive identity. So we'll see how that plays out throughout the year. The other early trend is the SEC. The just means more conference is not playing up to standard or else everybody else is called up. You look at just their ACC record, um, the SEC is 1-4. Against the ACC right now, and the only win they had was Tennessee taking down Virginia, and Virginia is absolutely the worst team in the ACC. Any of the more equitable games, Vandy lost to Wake, Texas A&M lost to Miami, North Carolina beat South Carolina, and Florida State beat LSU. It, you know, right now you have to say the ACC is on the field the better conference. Well, I don't have the Big Twelve stats or any other conference versus the SEC other than Texas beat Alabama. They did in Florida, lost to Utah out of the Pac-12. So all around, the league is not the big bad juggernaut that they like to think that they are all the time. So well, um, we'll see again how it plays out. Now, Georgia hasn't been involved in any of these shenanigans yet. They're not going to be all year. They've just kind of got it easy. We'll see once they meet Tennessee. I don't know, maybe once they meet South Carolina, but they're going to roll straight through South Carolina. <laughs> they just We might be able to see something. Yeah, Georgia got off to a slow start against Ball State last week. It was 0-0 zero to zero at the end of the first quarter. I noticed they went on to whip them, and they didn't go down in the polls for that. Clemson was in a 14-14 to 14 game at the end of the first quarter and dropped out of the polls, even though they went on to whip Charleston Southern. So, I don't know. I guess Georgia's got the benefit of the doubt, but... Their game with South Carolina this week, their first real opponent. I don't think South Carolina has much of a chance. It's on the road in Athens. The Gamecocks were behind to Furman at one point last week, and they don't have an answer at running back that I know of. So I still say Georgia's going to win that game pretty handily. In fact, Georgia may not have even practiced for Ball State at all. That might have been part of the problem. They're probably already practicing for South Carolina. Well, I'll go ahead and say it. SEC fans can be so arrogant about their conference that they kind of spurt this stuff out that people don't always like to hear because it's not true. Right. Um, So over the last, what, 15 years, we'll say that the SEC has overall been the strongest conference. It's just that there's been some really strong teams in other conferences, and you do play a tough schedule in other conferences. And so far this year, the proof is in the pudding that the SEC is not keeping up with other conferences. So they're taking that L. Well, yeah, they are this year. And even in the the whole playoff era, yes, Alabama has been in more playoffs than anyone. 
but the next most is Clemson, and the next most after that's Ohio State. So it's not only always the SEC. I mean, I'll agree they have been the best, but it doesn't necessarily translate to every team all the time. And it's not like, let's just say a certain team, if they played an ACC schedule, I don't know that their record would be any different than uh, their SEC record. That's the quick excuse. Oh, well, there's maybe a good team, but they play such a cupcake schedule. And right. a lot of those cupcakes are beating the SEC this year. They are. So you're just going to have to take it this year, SEC. Sorry. <laughs> um, Kansas State plays at Missouri. Kansas State is a sneaky good team that doesn't get a lot of national publicity. They are one of the contenders in the Big 12. And they're going to play an SEC team this week in Missouri. And they're going to beat them. So they'll keep rolling. Interestingly, two big powers are on the road this week. Alabama has to go to South Florida and Oklahoma is going to Tulsa, which is unusual for these teams to play these games on the road. I don't think it'll slow either one of them down. I think Alabama's going to be mad after their game and probably come out with a whooping for South Florida. I think Alabama would win either way. Thanks to posting a little bit about Texas, Alabama, Facebook has shown me a lot more Alabama stuff. And a lot of the comments, their fan base is really hating on that quarterback. Nah, brah, he's pretty good. I don't think they drew up the plays correctly for him, but that guy's a stud. He's big, strong, fast. Okay, I don't know. The offensive coordinator needs to look at what to do with him, but did he just completely blow passes and things? No. He made some really good ones. He put some on the receiver that they didn't catch. And just like overall, he played really well. The thing is, Texas' defensive line, which is odd because a lot of times the Big 12 doesn't have much defense, but that defensive line was dominant. And there's not so much a quarterback can do under that much duress. I thought he did pretty good. Okay, so props to the Alabama quarterback. You know, the people that catch the heat from the average fan are the head coach and the quarterback even if they don't really know much about football or anything else that's happened. They just, they catch the heat. Sure. It's Uh, like Clemson, Klubnik's already catching heat, and people are saying, see, DJ was not the problem. Let me tell you, DJ was the problem. I still stand by that. Yeah. And just give it some time. We're going to see. I mean, hey, he might do better at Oregon State, but there was no more room for us to take another chance on him because he was stinking it up at Clemson. My football problem, football problems with Klubnik are he seems a little bit excited still. In other words, sometimes he lets the ball go a little early instead of going through his progressions, and sometimes he throws a little high. I don't know what's gotten into his head in the offseason, but yeah, he came well, out looking a little worse than he did last year, although... He, he's very good. He's just he's making some rookie mistakes. The interception last week, he should have just taken the sack. Sometimes you got to know, don't try to throw it up, just take the sack, and... I think he'll learn some of that stuff and be better as we go. I still feel like he's a great quarterback. All right, Tennessee, Florida. An SEC matchup. I think Tennessee is going to win this game, but Tennessee looked a little shaky last week. And uh, honestly, I feel like they should have beaten Virginia a little worse the previous week. So who knows? Florida might have something for them, but Florida's going to need it. Their fans are getting very... um, Came very unsettled down there with Billy Napier, uh, so we'll we'll see how that goes. If they if they lose that game, man, Florida fans are not going to be happy. They're going to um, get riled up pretty quick, and I can't blame them because just as an outside looking in type sports fan, I have noticed that Florida 
kept showing some promise, kept showing some promise, but never got it together. Ever since Tebow left, and yeah, that's like, true. they're ready. They're ready well, for something a little better than what they're getting. To make it worse for their fans, Florida State and Miami are like kicking butt right now. Yeah, well, so they're going to live with it. Also to make, yeah, their local friends and everybody (laughs) rubbing it in their face. But the other thing, too, is it's starting to look for them like not even as good as the past few mediocre years. They're looking like it could be a true dud this year. I think they played both Miami. I know they played Florida State this year, so that ain't looking too good right now. (laughs) We'll see how they do. Okay, here's speaking of teams that that are dudding out. Nebraska. <laughs> um, Nebraska hosts Northern Illinois, and Northern Illinois has already won in overtime first week at Boston College. They're traditionally like the best team in the MAC. I think they might go to Nebraska and beat them. Yeah, they ought to. I think they will. I mean, Nebraska does not have a passing game, it is so devoid. You know, at this point, they might as well just try to become a, a traditional option team and just run it with, like, four passes a game uh, and everything else run if they want to have a chance. Nebraska will probably surprise us sometime this year and make a stand and win like Baylor almost did week two versus Utah. They really had it in the bag. Now, I only caught the fourth quarter, and I'm not really sure how Baylor got their points. I just know they almost held on to that small lead they had. They were doing a pretty good job holding on, but ultimately fell. Utah got the win. That was close to an upset. Even after Utah scored, Baylor had a chance at the end and got a pass into the end zone. Their fans wanted pass interference, but no flag. So I think it was a good no call at the end of the game, honestly. But they gave a better fight to Utah than I thought they would. Georgia Tech is at Ole Miss. All right, SEC. You got another opportunity against an ACC team. What will you do this time? We'll see. It's in Mississippi. <laughs> I don't Man, know. Man, that could easily go either way. I agree. I like these matchups that the SEC and ACC have been playing this year because they, for the most part, been kind of on paper equal type teams. They're pretty evenly matched, and it makes for some interesting out-of-conference football. This is another one. Um, I think Ole Miss will win, but, man, Tech's trying to make – Make some strides. So. Right. Well, I think Old Miss will win, but I did see some of their game this last week, and they didn't exactly impress, although Tulane, Tulane yeah. is pretty good. So. Yeah, they didn't have their quarterback that game. Tulane did not. Another out-of-conference ACC matchup, Syracuse is at Purdue. So Syracuse, kind of like Kansas State, has quietly opened up with a couple of nice wins, and um, I think they're going to get a road win against Purdue. So tough luck, Big Ten. Syracuse coming to win. Purdue is more like Purdue. They just just don't. Pittsburgh at West Virginia. The so-called backyard brawl rivalry game. There's some dirty words spoken by the fans in this game. If Pittsburgh wants to win, this would be a good year to do it. West Virginia is a little bit down. Yeah, I think this is a big night game. Yeah, this is like the 730 ABC national game this week. So it's going to be big, but... Pitt for the win, unless Narduzzi gets in the way. Their coach, he's one of my least favorite in the ACC, Narduzzi. He is a doozy. What do you think about Wyoming-Texas? I think Texas wins pretty easy. Wyoming might give them a little game or something, but it ain't going to be much. I'm telling you, Texas is strong, and that makes such a difference. What do you make of all the Colorado hype? Colorado is better than they were last year. They 
quote, I haven't really played anyone yet. I understand the TCU thing, but TCU got shellacked in the national championship and hasn't really recovered since then. TCU is not a top 10 team or anything. I think, what were they when they played 17th that TCU was ranked, maybe? They weren't number 17 when that happened. Now, I think it's pretty impressive what's happened there. You know, basically... Deion Sanders has gone and said, we're not going to be able to develop these players that we have. I'm going to try to get portal transferred players that will fill a team out and make it complete. I do have one thing to say. His son, at quarterback, is spot on. I'm talking about throwing some lasers. Really impressive play there. Yeah, he did a little Dion dance in the end zone. He tried <laughs> Dion dissed on it because it's like, eh, that really was not even up to par at all. That's fair. But, I, I thought the same thing, actually. Having watched Deion Sanders as a boy, I think uh, he didn't quite do the dance right. I've seen playground guys do better Deion dances than that. By the way, I wasn't quite awake when you hit on Clemson yet. and <laughs> Now that I am, I think it helps their game being at noon. I think that helps their chances against Florida State. Um, there just won't be as much of a hype atmosphere. You could say, well, shouldn't that go to the home team? I'm like, I don't know. It, it, it makes the game seem a little more somehow manageable for Clemson to not have yes to not have all the attention on it. Such as if Clemson was undefeated, that would probably be the game of the week this week, right? And being that it's not, I think it takes some of the pressure off. I'm, I'm saying that I'm not sure Clemson's good under pressure right now, hmm. and I think that takes a little bit of the pressure off. Maybe not much, but it takes some off. Well, I would like the pressure to be off our kicker and off our quarterback. The kicker, I did notice last week, guys, at the Charleston Southern game, the kicker booms things really hard, but he kicks it low. He drives everything and gets behind the ball instead of getting under it. And if you are just kicking an extra point, you might as well just get under it, and the momentum will take it across the the bar. I mentioned that because it's just been announced that that was going to be a noon game versus Florida State. It's not who Clemson's playing this week. I'm just getting a little ahead there. They're playing some rink-a-dink school, and I don't even know who that is, Bill, because I just know it's a rink-a-dink school, and I, shame on them for even scheduling that. They're in the AAC. They are Division One. They're not like Division One, 2A. It's Florida Atlantic. It's where Lane Kiffin coached before he went back to Ole Miss. I'm thinking, cool, give us a better opponent. Give us an SEC opponent. Let's do this thing. Well, we do but. play South Carolina at the end of the year. We do have Notre Dame out of conference as well. Oh, yeah, we got a tough schedule, actually. <laughs> it's just like, why play two small schools in a row? Like, what are you doing? Well, I would have liked uh, to the have fans played are two small around. ones in a row instead of opening on the road in a conference game with a brand-new quarterback and kicker. The fans are sitting around playing patty cake, singing kumbaya or something like rah-rah, shish-boomba. I don't know. It's uh, Hey, you're going to win. Okay, so pat on your back. And it is good practice because it's a little better than a scrimmage because it is a real game. Look, it's, they've got scholarship athletes, too. I mean, you got to go play the game. But... Clemson needs to, like I said earlier, Clemson just needs to put together a clean game, like no turnovers and stuff like that, because that's what's been killing them the first two weeks. And practice on that there in a real game simulation. Right. Like, hit your kicks, don't have anything blocked, don't fumble snaps, don't drop passes, and certainly don't throw pick sixes or fumble for touchdowns. I mean, last week, the game was, at one point, I took a photograph of the scoreboard that shows stats. It was 21-14 to Clemson. Clemson had 230 yards of offense. Charleston Southern had zero. zero. No, they had six or something like that. They ended up getting sacked. They had zero. Oh, it took the six off. 
Hey, Minnesota at North Carolina. Man, North Carolina almost almost messed up against App State, but so many teams have in the past five years or whatever. So Did App State just beat Texas A&M last year? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'll give North Carolina a little bit of a pass there. Sure. App State is a killer. UNC went to, I think it was the second overtime before they won. I didn't watch. I just know that that's what happened. Yeah, getting past App State at all is fine. There's no shame in a close win against them. App State's good. By the way, who won the Albany-Hawaii game? I hate to even mention. <laughs> Why don't you look it up? I really... Let's see. Ooh. It was a win for Hawaii, 31-20. to 20. A rare win for Hawaii. Their first win of the year, yeah. To so, your point, Albany had to go a long ways to play that game. That might have played a factor. I'd say it could play at least an 11-point factor, sure. Hey, they play Oregon this week. Understand Hawaii's a pretty good jaunt because it's not just you hop on a plane and go there directly, usually. I guess if you live in San Diego, you could. Yeah, but from Albany, New York, it'd be... <laughs> no, right. It'd be surprising. They did not take a direct flight from Albany, no. I mean, they could have chartered a private jet that had enough fuel, though. No, I'm not it, sure yeah, that it does. I don't think it does, no. Right, I think they have you, to stop somewhere. You have to land somewhere, yeah, at least once. There's been some wild stuff, man. College football is a wild sport. I love it. The Spectrum debacle seems to have been temporarily solved. Honestly, Spectrum folded like a chair. They had to before Monday Night Football got messed up because apparently <laughs> that was on ESPN this week. Yeah. And yeah. I know people were just going other routes to get their ESPN left and right. Mm-hmm. They couldn't hold it any longer. They had to make a deal. Speaking of that game, Aaron Rodgers got a uh, season-ending injury in the very first series. <laughs> That's so ridiculously bad luck. Yeah, I don't feel too bad for him. I feel kind of bad for the Jets. Oh, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Trade to get him, pay money to get him. I can't even, y'all, I don't even know who's been quarterback for the Jets since, like, I get where you're going. The Jets have been bad for a long time. Yeah, I guess since Joe Namath, and I wasn't even alive then. Virginia Tech is at Rutgers. I don't know who's going to win that game. Where is Virginia? Virginia proper. This week? Yeah. They might even lose if they have an off week. They might. They're pretty terrible this year, y'all. Oh, they're at Maryland. And it's Friday night, if you're wondering, on FS1. Maryland should get them. I hope Virginia wins, but... If they do, Charlotte was beating Maryland for a while last week, but Maryland won. Good law. The next week, Virginia has NC State at 7.30 p.m. on ESPN. Are you kidding me? Two straight Fridays. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... I mean, they're going to get blown up on ESPN in in front of everybody. Yeah. I have to say this. If you like our show, please comment and share. That's the only way for people to even see the post. The algorithms kind of hate on anybody's post unless it gets some comments. And I don't mean one or two. You know, you need, need a good little number of comments for people to actually see it. Now, we have some fans of the show who are committed to watching regardless. Tell a friend something or comment on our post. Like I said, that would just help us a whole lot because this stuff's kind of time consuming. I am editing with the regular uh, Robin Todd show and then we jump into this sports. It's still a lot that goes into it and I would just really appreciate if you like it, if you're listening. All the Hawaiian Albany fans. Give us a comment or share. This is your home station for (laughs) Hawaii and Albany coverage. (laughs) The most up to date. I haven't heard it anywhere else. I have not either, which is just 
crazy. The best is yet to come. And you know, Albany got beat, but everything happens for a reason. For Texas, maybe. Week three. Good night, everybody. Bill waved.